Hello. Hi. Ah, there we go. Thank you so much for calling me back. (laughs) No problem, no problem. I'm so amazed. I just can't believe finally one person responded to the ad. (laughs) I'm just, I read your email and, um, now what years did you go to Trapper? Oh, um, early 90s. Okay, same as me. Did you uh, graduate? Uh, I did I did not. <laughs> I did not do all four years. Same here. That's okay. Uh, what was your major? Uh, creative writing. Making a, a high salary now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, um, yep, that's, uh, that's what I said. I minored in psychology. So, you know, uh, uh, in my mind, it was a useful blend, I guess, at that time. What, what about you? I was actually a theology major. Um, I only made it about two years. Uh, that's a long story. Maybe we can get into that sometime. You know, I was just trying to think about how I could make this less weird for you, but there's no way around it. <laughs> uh, if you do have memories of this place that I'm talking about, I just want to try to you know, match them up, if it's at all possible. Uh, so I know I was there at least a dozen times, maybe maybe 10. But I just, I have this sense that it's going to be too late soon to remember with someone else, one other person, remember the details of this place. First of all, do you remember the name of the store by any chance? You know what's the craziest thing is? I cannot. I mean, uh. let, let me just backtrack a little, just responding to what you were saying. Um, this, is, this is such a delightfully uh, unusual circumstance and, and query that you've that you've made I um I, I hope you don't mind if I, I I mean I might sound a little cautious at, at first you know I, I didn't think that I I've never met anyone who remembers this this place I've 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 uh I've asked and I've I've done some kind of um some unsuccessful searches of my own really and I, I just am amazed that I remember this place I want to say vividly, but I'm missing so many details. Like, I don't remember the name. I, was there even a name? I'm trying to even, I'm trying to even think. I mean, I, I feel like, was it something to do with horses? I don't, do you remember the name? Basically, is my question. Horses. Uh, You know, that's, I don't know. I've had it in my mind that it was something to do with sea creatures. So, yeah, the frustrating thing is, and I don't know about you, but I have books on my shelf here still to this day that I bought from it, but but the name of the store is not on their little labels like I thought it was. I do as well. I have some, and um, I'm just, sorry, I'm just turning around here. I... But I, they did such an odd thing. Yeah, there wasn't like a. They didn't put their name in them, but they did a pen. They did a pencil mark of the price on page seven. Yes. <laughs> Which was so strange. I mean, but once you know where it is, you kind of look for it. I just, I don't. I never really understood the. Um, the practice behind that, there must be some reason. 
Um, other than maybe they thought it was kind of a gauche practice to, you know, have a sticker on the outside of the book or, or the author name to kind of sully the whole kind of holy experience. I don't know. I'm, I'm, um, I, I have to say my mind is just kind of, it's like I'm eager to get to details because I know that, I mean, I know that I cherish these images that I have, but I just am, I'm missing a lot. I'm missing a lot of information. How many times would you estimate that you were there? Oh my gosh, I, under 10, probably more than, and more than three under 10, I mean, I'll guess five or six, because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like this place you just went to um, in the daytime, necessarily. Like, I just would end up there um, the first couple of times I know uh, that's not how the evening began. But somehow, somehow we ended up there and it, it just seemed to be open strange hours. And, and like, you know, if it had just been kind of, um, you know, 10 to 6 bookstore, um, you know, I, I, it would have been, you know, I would have made a regular habit of visiting it. But you, you really couldn't. I, I think that the first couple of times I went there, it was at, strangely, it was at night. Um, like, very strange. I mean, I want to say, like, in the middle of the night, like, in the deep, deep night. And I tried to go back, and they were closed. <laughs> and they didn't, you know, have an indicator when they would return when they would reopen. Um, I did catch them then in the day a couple of times um, because I set out to do so, but it was very unpredictable. Yeah. Uh, tell me about it. I think I was only there during the day. I have no memories of it at night. My recollection was that it had no night hours, but I, I just don't know. Um, I know that it wasn't really open weekends at all. So I had to actually cut class uh, to go. And I didn't have a car. I was pretty poor back then. So I remember I had to get on that weird, oh, it was like a 12, maybe a 16-seat kind of commuter bus thing that left and went out from somewhere near the campus. I, I've been trying. You know, I've looked at the maps from around the area where Trapper was from that time period, you know, expanding outwards, trying to remember. But that bus no longer exists. There's no sign of it anywhere on the internet. And there's no sign of the store on on any map. And I'm still getting confused about the actual town itself where it was. So I do remember how I got there. I got on this little awful commuter bus volunteer driver thing. It would It would pick people up. Uh, and we were on the highway for, I mean, it must have been like 40 minutes. And the first time I wound up at the store, I, I had just gotten on the bus to see where it went. That's how I found it. It's just really strange to me that I haven't ever even been able to isolate the town, which town it was in. Because it seems like there are three or four possibilities that have gotten kind of mashed up in my mind. I was always just a, a kind of a day tripper and I didn't, you know, at that age, you're not really paying that much attention to things. You're sort of wrapped up in yourself. Do you kind of agree that 
that that was, does that feel like the route that you took from Trapper to get to the store in general? I mean, were you living on campus? Uh, <laughs> I was living just off campus with some roommates. Uh, that is amazing about the that bus. What in the world was the deal with that bus? <laughs> it was not, it was not the town, it was not the city bus. It was like this, I don't know, was it a, yeah, it was like some kind of a special line or just very casual. And I mean, didn't you just go to like, oh God, I want to say the, like go to, go to the parking lot, at, you know, or, you know, the three the three parking space parking lot at you know the chamber of commerce or something and it would take you from there yeah it was like the the rec center or something oh yeah and i remember just that it was you know i've been looking at a map too i'm actually looking at this right now because i well for one thing i have kind of a hard time remembering the uh, numbers of highways kind of don't stick in my mind very well. I mean, even if it's a road that, I mean, maybe especially if it's a road that I am used to traveling on because I never really notice. Um, I feel like I was, you know, that historic Highway 200. Highway 200 is kind of, it was a small highway. It went out, it branched out off the interstate and it went, it went um, east and then it wound through some very some some hills and then s- some very mountainous areas and i feel like there was a turnoff but i don't even i can't even remember if it was marked but i feel like it was a left turn off the road so i feel like you're going east on the road and you took this left turn and it started to wind up kind of into 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 the mountains the the there was like a gravel road by that point I don't know where it was. I, I feel like it was somewhere between just slightly east of, there was this ghost town there. I don't know if you remember. Um, and I, I, I just, I don't think it was a, ta- was it a town? Or was it just kind of this strange um, convergence of several streets, several paved streets. Once you went a ways on this gravel road, you got up high into the mountains and past all these cabins and a couple of other, you know, just like little, little, you know, one stoplight area, you know, what, what, one stoplight in the middle of town areas. And then you would get to this odd place. Um, wow. I am sorry. I'm just grasping for details, but I've been trying to think of these things since we've been in communication and, I mean, it's it's amazing that you <laughs> it's amazing that you have put out this inquiry, and that uh, we sort of found each other on this common subject. But it's also amazing just the Swiss cheese nature of trying to put this together. Yeah, I just there's just a few things I am sure about. I do remember that the store was kind of at the intersection of two small streets. It was almost like a V intersection, kind of a wedge. And it didn't have a sign out front. The only way that I even went into it was because I saw books in a side window. The place didn't have a front window. I know that. It was the sight of those books in in a side window that brought me into into the store. I remember there was very close, just down the sidewalk, like a little general store that sold ice cream. 
I remember the Hershey's ice cream sign in it. And it had an old, old cigarette machine in front of it, really old-fashioned. So whether we call it a town or not, yeah, I don't think it really was. But I remember seeing a few people on the streets sometimes. I remember the building was sort of a light bluish exterior, but very old and ugly. It hadn't been painted for decades, probably. And I know that it was a two-story building, mostly because I remember that that used bookstore creaking sound of going up those steps again and again. Uh, I remember just one person at a time working the counter, never more than that. And I remember something weird about the sections, like there were either too many sections or not enough, or sections were missing, like obvious things were missing. I remember being kind of frustrated sometimes because I couldn't find anything in there. The names of the sections, I remember, were just written on uh, masking tape on those old shelves, but but I spent a lot of time on that upper floor. I just always felt nice and safe up there. You know, I was always just a browser. I could afford maybe one book at a time. I would just buy the cheapest things. And on the top floor, I'd go up there, and I never saw any other customers. So it felt like my place. I, I was kind of a screwed-up kid. I was very involved in my own head. I wasn't paying attention to things. I wasn't doing well in school. And just finding that place in that upper floor became my ultimate escape, that long bus trip. It, it, it is strange, but maybe what started this whole thing was that my memories started to come back of this one particular book I used to read there on the top floor in the horror section. Just a little mass market paperback thing, but uh, for whatever reason, the price that was penciled in, it was just so astronomically high, I could never figure out why. It had this red crumbling spine, and the title had been embossed onto the spine, which I had never seen before. I used to run my fingers over it, and and the, the creasing of the spine with age really distorted it. It was a terrible idea. It's very musty. And I swear, every time I went, I would just stand there reading it because I couldn't, couldn't buy it. And I don't remember the author, and I don't remember the name of the book. I, I just, I have memories of these creepy stories in it. You know, standing there in wintertime with the light coming through the one window up there. And I, I think if I could just remember a little bit more about that book, more, more things would fall into place. Now, oh, this is crazy. Do, did it, did this book have, um, I want to like a silhouette there's someone walking down a dark street it it kind of was this was it a weird i remember this weird blend of it being like an 18th century street but it also had this very 70s look uh on the cover of the of this paperback does that ring a bell at all i'm oh stop right there you know when you said 18th century yes absolutely um I remember it was a figure of a person on a street, more like more like a country road, and I don't know what it makes me think that it was kind of a painting style, almost like a Penguin Classic edition, that kind of thing. But at, you know, yeah, at the same time, it almost had that delightfully tacky V.C. Andrews uh, feel, that heart style effect on the cover. But yes, um, and, and you know, small mass market paperback is—is is that what you think? Uh huh. Uh-huh. And it was one of those that 
you know, it's, um, there, there were some weakened spots in the glue on the spine, but it, it seemed to have, not like the paperbacks today, it was very heavy because the pages were so, you know, they were tinted like, they were, they were sort of tinted with green, you know, the green ink on the outside of the pages. And it just was so, it had such heft to it because the, it was so densely and densely packed in, or I, you know, I guess it was just the, the, the bind, the binding at the time. And I, like an anthology, right? It was scary stories. But it was one, it was one author. I swear it was just one author. Um, it, it was a collection of just one single author's horror stories. Does that sound like it could, could be right? Yeah, maybe. Because I remember, oh, I think that you're right. And I remember, I remember there was a, a, a lengthy introduction kind of talking about influences. Yeah. And, but I think that I have like my couple of my notes. I think I, I swear I have them somewhere tucked in something. I would have, and I, I'm like, why didn't I, why don't I have it? Why didn't I buy it? I think it was because it was just strangely, weirdly, uh, really expensive. Were you a horror fan back then? Is that why you're, you're remembering this? Yes, I always have been. I, 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 I was and, and am. I mean, I remember, you know, as a kid, uh, you know, watching the old mon monster movies on TV on Saturdays after cartoon. I, I seem to remember that the, the, you know, the kind of the glue, the, the spine was most obviously, you know, had been o opened maybe most often and or most aggressively to, to those, um, to those pages. I, I, I just, I think that when I was reading it, I, I can kind of, I get this whisper of a feeling that I was kind of connected to other people that I wasn't seeing that were coming on different times that were, um, that were also kind of, um, re you know, reading the same pages, maybe in the, in the, in the same way, you know, dwelling on these very scary, um, I don't remember if they were particularly violent or just very suspenseful or I remember there were, a, um, a few really just odd, uh, odd parts, odd scenes, that, that I, I remember, you know, deeply freaking me out. But yes, it, we, we definitely should, should talk about this some more. Well, I guess, you know, it's kind of a long shot that we're talking about the same book. That would just be too, too bizarre. But we do have to plumb this further. But I can vividly remember, like, random sentences and e even some of the plots of those stories. But I, I, yeah, I can't remember a single title. The fact that I, I can't remember the author because I felt so fused to that book in those times. And between me discovering that store and then uh, finally going in for the last time, I'm not sure when that even was, that book just kind of became a part of me. I'd like to crack some part of this. Even if it's just remembering that, that one book, uh, I think I would feel so much better about everything. So were you kind of a, a used bookstore hound, even at that age, like I was? I was, I, uh, my, my mother had gone on a trip, um, and when she returned, she, you know, I, I, it seems odd now because she didn't necessarily frequent these places, but she brought me a few, she brought me a few books and this was just like, I, you know, I was just getting into chapter books. I was very proud of myself, uh, for, 
for reading books with chapters. And she brought me a few from, you know, a, a used bookstore that she had encountered in her travels. And I remember distinctly, and I don't, I don't think I am making this up. I, rem I remember this very vividly. And I just wonder about it still to this day. The pages, the, the books themselves smelled like roses. I mean, it wasn't cloying. It wasn't strong like a perfume. It was just, it smelled exactly like, like a rose, sort of when you would pull these books open. And I was just so magically enchanted by that. And then I started to, you know, ask to, to you know, to, to go to those places. And so, yeah, it was maybe about, oh gosh, I want to say I was, I was, um, I was a trapper for a few months before, before I wound up out there, I think. Yeah, you know, just what you were saying now has kind of made me think that I think I, I know what the very first story was about. Because I remember being so impressed, even though the story was so short, it actually began with, um, Oh, what's that technique, that literary technique that when, when an author uh, leads off with a quote from some other book or some song? Oh, or, yeah. Epigraph. Yeah, led with an, led with an epigraph. And, uh, yeah, I remember, I remember that's how it began. More tears are shed over answered prayers than unanswered ones. St. Teresa of Avila. Where you are. In the new house, or in the old house new to her, the first thing happened on the stairs. She had put up her whole cross collection all along the walls on either side. In fact, it was one of the first things she did when she moved in, she festooned. She liked the way each one was different, more abstract or less. Some from far places brought back by friends, some from funerals of kin. She herself had gone some places, not too many. She hoped to change that, to walk on sand, to sit still in moving cars. And then one night, well, one night she descended the stairs, which cramped like a cupboard, creaked like an earnest barn, and she saw something, and she stopped. And she stopped because she saw something strange. And the strange thing was, one of the crosses was gone. She sat on a stair, a bare bulb stuck out of the wall, and she squinted silvery against it. She looked around her on the paint-chipped boards. She thought of who else was in the house, of who was here now, of who drifted through sometimes, smoking things and crashing on the couch without a sheet. Would they steal from her? Maybe. But she couldn't imagine why her objects would mean a thing to any of them. After some feeling around a coat closet with a bulb, she found it in a box of soft winter hats a grip of hard corners in the knits. She replaced the cross on its tack. She tried to dismiss the event, an oddity, an oddity in a chaos house. It happened again, and it happened again, twice more, 
twice more a gesture from somewhere. And the second again time, which was really the third first time, there were two that hopped the wall and landed in the yarn in the box. That second time there were two, two of the crosses. One from Mexico, from Todos Santos, with the haunted hacienda in the middle of town. And it had little brass body parts pinned to the arms, a leg, a hand, a heart. And then the other one was a small, pink, wooden one for her sister, her little big sister who lived six hours. It felt personal. It felt ha-ha careless. Would someone here take the time to make a joke? And what was the joke? That she didn't belong? That she took herself too seriously? Or her things? They must hate me, she thought. They must want me out. It maybe wouldn't be the weirdest thing. But no. She thought wider. Had someone done it unconsciously? Half asleep in a haze, palming the walls, stumbling down. Had she done it in her fever dreams? In the tossing speck night, in the quiet and flat. She sat uncomfortably at a table downstairs. It was the table meant for meals and the table that nobody in that house had sat at ever. Though they sat by it while fixing a bike, maybe to set stuff on when feeding the fish. Those bikes were leaned there like tired horses, like dogs. It belonged to her grandmother, the table. She had eaten meals at it all throughout her life. She had already lost the inherited china, left it in some other house she fled. She stared at the pages of a hard book by a lamp. She scrambled her mind. What did she need to do? What could she do? The house was telling her to leave, rejecting her like a new organ, like spoiled food. The neighborhood was weirdly lit, and the house was next door to a house, and next door to that house was a church, a concrete square giving services and meals and Sunday mass. And no matter how hot it was, they just opened its front door, which was a corner, which was a red door and a white square with a convention room chair. Nubby upholstery like a reaching burlap. Dreaming Lux. Box fan propped against its back. So then, one night, she heard the front door creak open downstairs. No, she didn't. She didn't hear anything like that. Never mind. What she heard was something on the landing. The landing which was barely a thing. Barely a patch of loft floor. Right outside. Right outside her door. I found you. The voice said. It was harder than I thought. And before you ask. Before you ask the reason. The reason she didn't call out. The reason was that nobody could do anything. They wouldn't know how. Who could help her? Two men asleep like wet lights, sawing their heads. They couldn't step in. 
They didn't have a clue. Everything comes, she knew. Everything comes for all of us. It doesn't matter where you are. On the landing, behind the thing in the dark, in the glowing hexagonal tank, lived a blue lobster. It was small, or started that way. It inched along and disturbed the little red-tinged, sharp-edged pebbles and raised its quarter-sized claws. But it grew larger and larger, slowly and without fanfare, until it was the size of a rat, a rat than a bird. And it learned how to grab the bubbling tubes and to pull itself up and out and fall to the distant boards of floor. They started finding it on the stairs in the mornings dragging itself down off all twelve ledges, choking in its blind runs toward some sea. Is it you? <sighs> How to answer that? How to give it a name? Why now? She said. Why tonight? Her heart ran so hard. So hard. It would surely burst. Haven't you heard? <laughs> Haven't you heard the news? And she hadn't. At least she didn't think so. But what things were passed over? What message had she missed? Maybe there was nothing. And it didn't matter if she did. It didn't matter if there was no news. The house never seemed so alive. But the thing was, it didn't just come alive in that moment. She supposed it had been alive all along, and she was just hearing it. This is the kind of thing that makes upright people question their brains. This is the thing that undoes. Later. Provided there is a later. Provided there's a going on. The house never seemed so alive. There were pops and groans and sighs and arguably the most jangling nerve. Unearthly squeaks. Like rodents on the shelves. Like creatures in the washing machine. Sucking in lint. I don't understand, she said. It was a lie. A stalling technique. Some beats passed. A cat screamed by a fence. Why are you here? Oh, it cooed, full of fish tank breath. I think you know. Her hands damped, then momentum took grip. She had one more weak trill. No. A car's headlights licked the wall. I see. It seemed to have trouble now. Like the words were sticking, becoming mache. She pushed back the quilts and she felt alone as she did. And she heard. Once. <laughs> I might say <clears throat> once upon a time. But it would be a lie because it's really time upon a once. Because it's 
really the wants the times upon. You don't need to tell me all the times you saw me in the trees by your home. You drew me. You talked about me. But you were ashamed. You said you made me up. She heard it smacking and shifting its cluttered mouth. She caught a gathering smell of coins. You and I are excellence. You and I are in love. I wonder what you'll say when you're dying. <laughs> it could be for a long time. She shoved the door open and ran pounding down the stairs and out the front door. She spun around and watched the unlit porch, all the while backing out farther toward the road and feeling the needles of the unkempt grass tearing her feet. It was there and slithered out from the house like a royal coat. There were eyes like wild Christmas. <laughs> She heard from the gutters and eaves. Look now, we've changed places. <laughs>